is Steve-O from Impetigo in your top five death metal vocalists? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. Who is your top five death metal vocalist? <laughs> Chris Reefer is number one. Yes, he has to be. Uh, it's probably for me. I'm just spitballing here, but if I had to say right now, Chris Reefer, Chuck Schuldner, Steve-O. I think Chuck Schuldner did a lot of damage to his death metal vocals he, reputation. He he did, but I I still the, the, his vocals on Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy like they're like how I I like them. I like that mid range. I don't like that too low because it when 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 vocalists get too low they lose their intensity. You know what I mean? Like that's why I like like Glenn Benton. Like Glenn Benton's always. <laughs> You know, That's when you true. get to, like, uh, Craig Pillard, when it's just like, <laughs> like, there's no, you know, it, the intensity's gone. That's why I like uh, Chris Barnes on Eating Back to Life and the Bleeding oh, more yeah. than Butchered and Tomb. I think if you go back and you, and, and listen to that Dizma album, Craig Pillard will, will change your mind. Okay, I will. But, you know, I always... Uh, Is Killjoy on there for you? Yes. Yeah. But that's that's... I'll, I'll admit 50% of that's nostalgia. That's true. But I mean, still, at the same time, he's still fucking... Uh, for Holocaust, though, and Assembled in Blasphemy Alone, Killjoy's on there. I mean, his vocals are, are always good on all... Like, even yeah, all, on the but, bad things. But the Those thing is... Albums. Yeah, yeah, the thing is that after... Uh, not so much on Black Blood, even though he has some killer lines on Black Blood, when he just gets where he's just going fast and he just has that high-pitched voice, it doesn't have that chunky, regurgitated bile sound right. that Holocausto de la Morte has, where it sounds like he's literally up-chunking chunk, uh, up chunks of rotted flesh. Yeah. Martin Van Druen's on my list as well. Really? Yeah. I enjoy him, but he wouldn't make my top five. And Matty Karki. I once again I enjoy him, but he wouldn't make. Although you know what the funny thing is, Maddie Karki, my favorite Maddie Karki vocal performance is on Murder Squad. Not even a dismember. Oh yeah, thing. like That's him great. on the first Murder Squad album, he sounds like a fucking rabid hellhound. Good. Hey, cat. You are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. The movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not, this is Late Night Psychorama. Psychorama, uh, just the three of us talking about trashy horror movies from the drive-in era, mainly like the the mid '60s to the early '80s. Well, not all trashy. Sometimes we pick up something that's kind of quite good, right? But uh, mostly stuff that's you know not really. 
it's an acquired taste. Yeah, right? yeah, that's that's. And in the vein of the drive-in, yeah, um, era, we we do two movies. Yes, yes, double we do like a double style. feature that and make no sense together. Exactly, that's what I really like about it. You know, we don't need like a theme day. We Sometimes just... it's surprising how how fitting the two are, though. Sometimes, yeah. Oh well, usually when I pick a movie for one podcast, I make sure the two in the podcast <laughs> afterwards are a lot different. Like I make sure we like don't do the same country over and over again. Okay. Except uh except for the United States because there's a lot of variation and a lot of a lot of choice. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I don't mind doing like two USA movies in a row. But like I don't want to do an Italian horror movie and then next week do another Italian horror movie, especially since there's so much stuff from Asia or Spain or England. But like I like that randomness, you know, like like last Last time we did Nightmare, which was a sleazy early 80s slasher movie, and then a late 60s Japanese man in rubber monster suit movie. I, I, like, I like that random chaos. Yeah, wildly different. But, uh, oh yeah, I'm still describing our podcast. Yeah, it's just the three of us talking about movies. <laughs> what the fuck else do you need to know? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what are we going to discuss tonight then? Uh, we're going to discuss Living Dead at Manchester Moor. Take the lamp. This won't hold very long. We've got to find a way to defend ourselves. AKA Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. AKA About a million other things. Uh don't open the window. AKA, which is this one is one one that I just found out recently that I quite like. Do not profane the sleep of the dead. Oh, I think that's like the direct from like the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you know I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like like that. That yeah, I do too. I think it's, it's perfect. Um, and the second movie we're going to do <laughs> is Beast of the Yellow Knight. He suffers the cruelest curse ever placed upon mortal man by the host of darkness. He becomes the Beast of the Yellow Knight. A uh, Filipino horror movie by Eddie Romero, who did the Blood Island movies, as well as Black Mama, White Mama, and a few other movies. I actually did a lot of movies. He was died at 88, still making movies, I think. Damn. But uh, those are the ones that he's kind of known for. Now, this one's kind of considered part of the Blood Island movies, Loosely, right? loosely. It's we'll the last into, one. Kind yeah, of. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, before that, has anybody watched anything recently? No. I have not watched anything, actually. I went to the movies the other day, and I did a double feature. The first one was Thoroughbreds, which was, which was sort of like a... Uh, like sort of like Heather's, you know, that type of like a uh, rich teen girl, like mm, what's, what's the word I'm looking for where they're uh, it's Privileged. not a comedy, but it's, it's <coughs> definitely not too serious, but yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, privileged white girls that, you know, they're rich, but she makes friends with the kind of the sociopathic one that's like kind of uh infamous for a certain deed and they plot to kill the uh stepdad of the one girl. Hmm. And uh yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I enjoyed it. 
uh, I can't really talk about it much without giving too much away, but it has Olivia Cook in it. And she plays uh, this, you know, she plays the sociopath girl. And she does it really quite well and quite believable. But still kind of in a way where she's like likable. You, en- you enjoy how just emotionless she is. And then the second movie I did was The Strangers Pray at Night. Which was if you ever wanted to see a guy try to make like his 14-year-old son's 80s horror thriller fan fiction into a movie, it's, that's pretty much where to go awesome no, 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 no. <laughs> i watched black panther was the last movie i watched so very mainstream i um i kind of enjoyed black panther i mean all the marvel movies are pretty much the same to me but that one had a little bit more like energy when it started I, out i i kind of really liked the energy yeah, yeah, and uh it got a little long yeah so. it got too long and it has the problem where every marvel movie has to have the same formula i do not know why i guess i mean i guess if every movie makes a billion dollars why yeah. do something new but uh and i also hate the one thing i hate the most about the marvel movies besides that they all have to like cram the movie in this the same kind of cookie cutter image the villains in most of the movies are just the bad guy version of the hero you know like iron man will fight a dude in another robot suit you know the fucking hulk fights another big rocky monster dude black panther fought another guy in another black panther suit and i was like that's not you know fun you yeah know? that comes from the comics like that's how it was always yeah well, well let's still do something i don't give a fuck what yeah, the but comics jo- is. just do something interesting for the movie yeah but john here's the thing most of the people like that are like big fans of the movies are fans of the comics so they have to cater to them they don't care about you that's true but i don't fuck those people they're so boring oh, I, ever, I i completely agree with you i'm just saying they're never gonna change like i would have i would love if i made a hulk movie I would, I would have the hulk right and the villain is like a very brainy feeble dude that sets up weird traps that the hulk has to bash through you know something like that something that's like the complete opposite iron man fights fucking the blob monsters you know what i mean just something that's like completely different it makes the movie more colorful and fun and be like in um in unbreakable you have the two opposites. yeah yeah that was you know what it's pretty bad when you need m night Shyamalan to do something interesting for you <laughs> they're making another one of those yeah because we'll see how that goes the world needs another one of the. I th- and all honestly, now that I look back on it, I think Unbreakable is the best M Night Shyamalan movie. I like that movie. I do too. It doesn't like I. I really liked Signs when it came out. When I saw it as a kid, when I was a kid, the movie theater was like fucking electric. I think like everybody was, when I was a kid was cool. So. Yeah, but I mean, it was it, it was legit scary. Like and the, and seeing it like opening night with the audience just like jumping out of their seat like every ten minutes was a lot of fun. But seeing it later, it just it, I, it was a little too. Uh, I I think that his that his problem is it is the writing. Like I think in terms of like making a movie, you could do a lot worse. I think he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. But I just, I just think that the way that uh, the writing translates doesn't. I I agree because signs has a lot of really great stuff in oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, I don't know, the whole, like... Well, it has that Spielbergian it, sentimentalism yeah, it, it, that it, it doesn't, fucking poisons everything. It, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, and the characters are, like... It has that thing where, like, the peripheral characters are just, like, a little too... Uh, much like an archetype, and they're just a little too, you know, quirky. Are we still talking about signs? Yeah. Okay. I don't rem- I mean... 
Sixth Sense has been years since I've seen, so I can't really comment too much on it. And I haven't seen after Signs. <coughs> I did not see any. I have not seen any M Night Shyamalan movie until Split, which I didn't really care for either. I actually thought The Village was was pretty good until the the twist. The twist. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Also, Signs. Uh, the so like the I know it's probably been talked about a bunch, but the. The, the kryptonite of the aliens was water. Yeah. And fucking planets, 80% water, right? So yeah, yeah. Like, the hell they I, forget, I forget what the reason why they... Like, I don't think they, they, they did it to take over the world. I forget what it was. If they even really accurately explained it. I'm pretty sure they left us... They wanted to learn how to use doors, I guess, <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know. And, um, it's like, what's more effective, opening the door or just scratching underneath it a little bit? Well, not even that. The planet's not just made out of eighty percent water. We're made out of like eighty percent water. I think the planet is of a high percentage water. Yeah, but I mean, the human yeah. body is high percentage water as well. Yeah, it's kind of poetic, isn't it? We're a mirror. Of the <laughs> world. Well, I'm just saying. What the fuck did the did they want then? Like yeah. they couldn't do anything with us or our planet. So what are they? Yeah, it's like, I, oh yeah, it's like these weird things are filled with that thing that kills us. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> let's go there. I, I just wish the real ones would show up already and handle this and get it over with. Yeah, I'm I have I tell people all the time when the aliens come like I'm selling the human race out in a heartbeat. <laughs> it wouldn't bother me one bit. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about uh first oh, yeah. movie on the chopping. Do you discussion. guys want to chop out? I can't think of have I is there anything else we want to talk about before that? I guess not. No. All right. I don't think I can think of it. Well, the first movie then, what, Living Dead at <laughs> Manchester Morgue? Joe, you want to you wanna talk about? You want to give us a quick synopsis for our listeners out there? Uh, All two of them? George is going to deliver, uh, what is it, a statue? Yeah, it's some weird, like, evil Buddha statue. Yeah, uh, to a a uh, a collector or, or or actually not a collector a guy who runs another shop because he's he works at an art shop and he's delivering this to another guy and along the way he is uh his bike is incapacitated when edna uh backs into it at the gas station and then he just decides well you're gonna take me where i need to go since you fucked that all up for me uh and then he makes a really <laughs> funny comment when he gets in the car he says i'll drive we wouldn't want to go and reverse the whole way now would we and uh they start fighting over you know who, how they're gonna handle who's going where first and and whatnot because they both have to be somewhere uh and uh, they decide to take her where she needs to go first, and then she's going to let him have the car. And very trusting, yes. Way. Very like I wouldn't let some stranger take my car. Um, so they miss a turn. He goes to ask for for directions. Where we're introduced to the uh, agricultural departments experiments that they're doing with this equipment that they have. And when he comes back, uh, she comes running as she has been attacked by a man who was all wet and had rope around him. And then that guy follows them to, uh, her sister's house. And we have the first kill 
and the first hint that we're dealing with uh, the undead and the rest of the movie uh, becomes uh, them trying to elude uh, police suspicion because the police obviously aren't going to believe that it's zombies doing everything and things just get worse and worse and worse the more that they try to dig themselves out of the hole that they have unfortunately unwittingly ended up in. Actually, to me, it's like not even a matter of like convincing the police that zombies did it. It's like they're pretty set on these two city folk were oh, the ones yeah, committing yeah, yeah. the murder. Yeah. Right. Well, the idea was they wanted to get out from under their thumb and prove that they had nothing to do with it. And then once they, the deeper they get into everything and the more they realize that, oh shit, there's zombies. The yeah. further it complicates everything, yeah, it's, it's there's no whichever way they turn, it's just bad news. That cop, the sergeant, yes, um, no matter how many times I watch this movie, he, I fucking hate that guy so yeah, much. He yeah, does such a good yeah, job of uh, being an unlikable. Cop. Arthur Kennedy. Arthur Kennedy did a yeah. fantastic job being a yeah, he's a, like, a cop with a, a Boston Irish accent who works in the uk and i don't understand he's kind that, of like a, <laughs> imagine getting busted for weed and oh the cop yeah is like donald trump it's yeah just, you know, <laughs> it's just an awful like i mean yeah he's so good at it though he's so good at just being like oh i hate all these young people with their interests and music and they <laughs> definitely did all the murders uh andrew did you enjoy yeah i love this movie i do too this should be easy because all three of us love this fucking movie. <clears throat> in fact, I love this movie so much that in trying to, you know, do any digging up of things that I could for 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 this, and I was just seeing very lukewarm to not so positive reviews of it by people over the years, and I really do not understand what the hell people are watching. That's yeah. surprising. I love this movie. Uh, I, I always know it as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie because that was the old Anchor Bay VHS tape I got it as. And I saw it at a time where I thought like I had already seen everything. <coughs> you know, um, all the Romero, Fulci, all that kind of stuff. Of course, I wasn't, I was nowhere near, but I hadn't really gotten into like the deep caverns of the horror genre yet and found like all that other weird stuff. So when I got this movie, I bought it put it on immediately and when it started and I knew it was good like there's a certain scene I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about where I knew like holy fuck this movie rules and it was like the highlight and I was just like very and ever since then I've had a soft spot for it I mean it's just it's great it's gorgeous it it has this this uh this new this this old England backdrop Uh, can you call England that's not New England, Old England? Is that what you refer yeah, to? Yeah, it's just English countryside. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, it has that like melancholy look to it. Yeah, it's you know? kind of foggy. Yeah, you know? and and not only that, the the direction itself is, it feels like a step above a lot of these yeah, movies. it's competent. Yeah, it, it's, it's very, it's straight face, it's not like overly stylish, it's not really <laughs> that stylish at all. The actors are a bit more... Uh, 
No, they're, they're, oh, they're I don't. Really I don't want to say competent. I want to say. I mean, the, the characters themselves are a bit more fleshed out than usual, and in, in this type of stuff. Yeah, like especially since we don't really like we don't really get development prior. Like like there's no backstory. Yeah, exactly. To them. They're all kind of thrust into it. Right, and then we kind of you know like they do a very good job of us getting to know them as we go with them through all of this exactly and a lot of these movies the the characters are very flat and these guys were enjoyable to watch i speaking on on that point i find um i find george in particular kind of interesting because you you sort of get get the impression that he's you know like he's kind of a highfalutin sort of smartass. Yeah. But when it comes down, like when shit gets real, he is like, like his primary concern is that he wants to put a stop to yeah, it. Like he, he he's like, very hands on. Yeah. Like he, he wants, like he doesn't want to just get away from it. Like he wants, like he, he's afraid for people. Yeah. He wants he wants it to end. Well, he even, wants to stop. Even it. in the very beginning, when he, he when he finds the pesticide machine, like even before he knows that it's causing corpses to come back to life and and tear people apart, he's like, "This is terrible." He's you know, I mean, that yeah, existing. Yeah, he's just, just like, "Let the na- the countryside's been fine for millions right. of years. Let it fucking be." Why, you know, you don't need some device to make it better. I thought that the dubbing is actually pretty exceptional because um, Ray Lovelock and Christine Galbo are um, like their mouths actually match the the dubbing really well. I didn't know until I was older that this wasn't a, um, an English movie. Yeah, you know, I, I I had no idea this was a Spanish Italian co production. Yeah, it, it it is not very obvious. They 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 paid a lot of attention to the detail with that, and and like if you don't really hardcore pay attention to it you 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 won't even Absolutely. notice i mean like even even the direction feels closer to something from amicus or or right. later hammer movies where you know it doesn't a lot of like the the italian horror movies have a lot of zooms and very dramatic staging and this movie yeah it's more matter of fact yes and it, there's a uh like shots where there is zooming, the zooms in contrast to the normal Italian style are very slow. Yes, yes. And one thing I always really, really liked was the not just the soundtrack, which is good, but like the the sound design in general. I mean, the the soundtrack has this kind of like creepy gothic haunted house, like these moans that go like echo, you know, in the background. But it also has these like sci-fi sounds, like the machine, this yes. rump, rump, and the two together. You know, you know, one's kind of like modern sci-fi horror, and the other one's like that creepy old school. And the two together, like they mesh really well for for the whole for the sound of the movie. And the zombies themselves have that like uh, like grunting, yeah, that really, really, really works. Yeah, the sounds that they make are are very. Uh, like if you're watching it alone in the dark, like it, they're pretty unnerving. Yes, yeah. I actually had this movie on. I had this on every format on the DVD that I had. Uh, it was when it was first released as Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Unlike the Let Sleeping Corpses right. Lie, the DVD menu screen 
had the zombie moons in the very background. Yes. But with that machine going room, room. Mm. And I woke up many times to that, like leaving that DVD just to have that as the background before I fell asleep, just that mm-hmm. ambiance. And like, I've had like creepy dreams each time I did it. I remember that <laughs> menu screen. Uh, as yeah. Well. Like even just like watching this movie at your place and just, yeah. It's, it's- I, I think I've showed everybody. I knew this movie. I, I love it. Uh, speaking of, um, the zombies, did anybody pick up on the, the, the fact that the, uh, the uh, the drowned man, the main zombie, is always wet. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't really notice it. I mean, like I remember because the scene where he pops out in like the tool shed or whatever, you see you you see like the ground is wet, and then right. like, the camera leads up to him. I guess so. I guess is he always hiding out in the water? Is he always hiding out in the? Because that's where the 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 machine is at. Because I remember when they go to the hospital, um. All right, go ahead. The doctor is like, "Oh, all the kids that go nuts are near this like lake or this stream." Is I I don't know if if that was uh, if that was discussed. I just know that that um, George Growl uh, decided that he wanted to have it that since the guy had drowned, even though it's not necessarily supernatural, to give it this odd detail yeah. that sort of escapes your you yeah. know your, your consciousness at first so whenever he is seen he he's always wet wow okay it's really i mean it looks cool too just to constantly have this like yeah the actor did not care for it very much <laughs> yeah but i guess so being wet in every scene in a movie <laughs> shit like, like clocks into work and someone just dumped <laughs> <laughs> Fernando Hillbeck, I think his name was. They they said he he was very annoyed having to always be doused before they would do takes. He was really good. He yes. has I all of the zombies, all the zombies actually are, are really good. And I was wondering um, when I rewatched this for the podcast. Uh, I was when I rewatched this last night. I was thinking, oh Christ, what are you doing? You okay? <laughs> I feel like something's going to happen. Yeah, I'm watching them right now. <laughs> I was suppressing a sneeze. Uh, Years ago, I uh, I was eating a slice of pizza, and I was eating the crust, and then all of a sudden, I had a quick sneeze that came out of nowhere, and about a three-inch piece of crust flew out of my nose, <laughs> like unchewed. You know, like I, it was in my mouth. And, that sounds yeah, like it would be painful. It burned for like an hour, <laughs> but like the the fact that it happened made it all worth it. Anyway, so as you were saying about this, all, how all the zombies were good, when I rewatched this last night, when it got to near the beginning, when you see the husband uh, that gets murdered, you know, he's like a real weird looking dude. And I wondered if they purposely casted him because when he comes back as a zombie at the end of the movie, he would look like more of like a good zombie because he was just like a weird, naturally mm. bizarre, you know, balding and kind of like the uh, eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had you a lot of. Recognize him. Yeah. Not just recognize him, but he just already looked kind of villainous oh, and, okay. and weird. Yeah. But um, at the end, during the the whole like zombie massacre at the end, the one zombie, the one that's wrapped up in all the bandages, I think it's the the 
the wet one. It's hard to tell because they're all like. No, like, he he's a different guy. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. they're all in like hospital gowns and stuff. They look different, but I like how you could see like his like dissection stitches and stuff. Like really good. The guy who did the makeup effects in this movie was Giannotti Di Rossi, who would later on work on Lucio Fulci's splatter movies, and Lucio Fulci actually came. Uh, uh, he got the attention of this guy from seeing this movie. I did not know this until I caught this last night. Lucio Fulci's editor was the editor. Of, Tomasi. Yeah, was the editor of this yes. movie. I, did, I didn't catch his name until recently. Yeah. Um, he also edited Puma Man. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Um, which actually if if you're familiar with Fulci's stuff and you've never seen uh living dead at manchester morgue you you will you will automatically like it because it 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 shares uh some of the dna like even though it it, it it's before it, you can see kind of like the uh the um the template for it is there and i'm i'm guessing that having uh Giannetta de rossi and vincenzo tomasi must have some sort of bearing on that uh well a lot of the interiors were shot in italy i read too <coughs> so i don't know what specifically but so they have those like italian sound stages i guess they're working it does have that almost the atmosphere of an italian horror movie just a little not as like surreal you right. know uh, also uh it i guess a good way to describe this movie is if you're watching a, a a an early 70s british horror movie with an italian horror movie from you know like the late 70s early 80s surrounding it and like bat, like knocking at the door <laughs> you know what i mean that's like a good way to get like an idea of what this movie feels like um Speaking of uh, stages and effects and things, okay, the shot, I think it's, it's definitely shown once, like somewhere in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, there might be another one later. But when they're driving uh, up, the, uh, up the pass and there's the shot of the church up on, on the hill mm -hmm. like where they are, that church is not really there. I, I was wondering that last night. And this this came to light when I was looking to dig up stuff. Okay, I I know exactly because I remember and I forgot all about it until you just said something because I remember it, it's near the beginning when they're and it almost looks like it's like uh just like glued on there on the screen. <coughs> but it but in a way it doesn't because the the reason why I'm kind of bringing this up because. I mean, lots of movies have like matted backdrops yeah, and yeah, yeah. composite shots and forced perspective things. But now knowing that that church isn't there, I look at it and I still, it still looks totally real to me. I, I, I seen this movie, I'd say 10 times. And last night was the first time I watched it and I noticed that it stuck out a little bit weird. Um. Yeah, just to to credit uh, uh, the the source where I found this was um, 
a website called bmoviegraveyard.com. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still active. The last news uh, was from two years ago, but I just wanted to make sure that in case for some weird reason anybody, him or her, anybody that knows that site has seen this and, you know, like I didn't come up with that on my own. I read, I read that. No uh, one's listening. Right. It doesn't even matter. Why Why are we fucking doing this? But I do have to say that I, when I watched this movie, the last viewing was the first time I kind of really noticed that church, too. Yeah. And it was because I uh, thought I'd missed something, so I skipped back to the previous chapter, and that was just like the first yeah. scene. Yeah, oh, okay. And I was like, I see. oh, look at that church. And so, yeah, that's interesting. Because um, the guy was, I guess he was like looking to do research because he was... I I think in that point in the article on 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 the site, um, he he was or or she I I'm I'm not sure if it's a he or she, uh, were were making a point about how the locations like in uh, Castleton and um, other places in England like where 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 they actually shot stuff in England look exactly the same today. Like there's almost no change. Wow. Like, like, okay. like a I lot can believe of, that. Like a lot of like uh, like when they're they're in like the village where they stay at the inn and everything. He he had again he or she had side by side shots of um stills from the movie and pictures from today. And there's virtually no difference. Wow. They all still look exactly the same. But when he he was looking for the church and he was looking for the location of where the wine passes because he. Or, or she, I keep, I gotta, they, I yes. don't know if it's a he or she, uh, um, the, we're, we're looking for, for, for that. They Google mapped it. And when they looked at it and they saw there was no church there and they said, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And then they started looking to try to see if there had been a record of like a demolished church or anything, which they doubted from from the beginning. Because why would they demolish a church anyway? Exactly. Um, and yeah, we, we couldn't find anything. I, I I tried to do a little bit more legwork to see if I could find anything about like how they did the 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 effect, like like what, what kind of trickery was used, and I I couldn't find anything. And I don't I don't think they brought it up in the commentary. Yeah, I don't I I. I just noticed that, like I said, I just noticed last. I know Mario Bava used to just literally glue things to like the lens, yeah, or, or the or you know, he was the the master of that shit. Yeah, I, there are so many. Um, Kaltiki, I remember, I remember watching the the Tim Lucas commentary, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this thing's just like glued onto the frame," and I'm like, "Holy shit, it is!" I didn't even notice that the first time I watched the movie. How how many times did he, he did that a lot? He did a lot in. Uh, Oh, Kaltiki was one. I want to say Hercules in the Haunted World was one of them where they did the pillars, right? Yes, the pillar. He, and, he needed another pillar, so he used a matchstick. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> Didn't you say sir, there was something interesting about uh, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue where they were shooting that machine? Um, someone was buried there or something like that. Oh, Oh yeah, oh. The, the 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 cemetery scenes when they were at the, uh, I think this is when they were at the Heather Sage, okay church. I don't think it was a different like like they were shooting in you know in Spain or Italy for for these. I think it was when they were actually there. Well, I know all the external stuff, 
exterior stuff was was in England, and all okay. the, the all the interiors um, or most of the interiors were Italy. Right. I I just want, wanted to, uh, you know I I I didn't know if um, if it was the same place uh, or, or or not if they didn't if they had a. Uh, a uh, different location in England because they that they shot in a lot of places, but uh, where where at some point when they were shooting cemetery stuff, uh, they were at a they, the cemetery where they were the grave of Little John of the Robin Hood. Yep, myth, I remember this one. Uh, was there and tourists were seeing them shooting. This trashy, zombie. this trashy zombie movie with like all the like this crap laying around everywhere, and I, and they they were uh, they were contacted, and there was a lot of like press yeah, about about these crazy that. filmmakers that were going to desecrate. Well, well the, the fact grave that they were foreigners what, was really what got them. Like the fact that they were like Spanish and Italian, they mm-hmm. weren't you know English, they weren't you know, I guess that. uh well, I guess racism. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I was thinking <laughs> Spanish and, and Italian people in Europe are how 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 many shades of white away are they from English white people? Um, well, it depends. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, considering that English people go on holidays to other European yeah, countries, that's what I mean. All, like, all but time, but I, I remember when I read that they made a big deal that they were like foreigners. Yeah. You know, like they well, Italians, that's why they didn't Spanish. give a shit that it was Little John's grave. Right. Well, that would make sense because it's not their heritage, so they wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it. That's yeah. But it it, it actually you know obviously it, it it wasn't true. But I remember on on the commentary, I remember George Grau saying like another director i think had called him and was like what the hell are you doing and he was like i wasn't anywhere near it we never we never even shot near little uh, john's grave all right so out of curiosity i want to say this movie is the bridge between night of the living dead and dawn of the dead would you could you see that there's similarities. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously can... made to cash in on Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Even I though can... it stands on its own two feet. But it has... <coughs> all right. It, it ups the, the gore, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has the anti-authority that that uh, George Romero's movies has. You right. know, like the cop is a total fucking dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that kind of feel like Night of the Living Dead has that like the beginning feels very old school and then it goes into something new right. and this movie has that atmosphere of like oh okay you've kind of seen this location in, in movies like Plague of the Zombies or whatever but we're gonna go to a different like world with it and and, and also that it, it's nothing supernatural is really happening it's it's all like pseudoscience it's right. not Although they never really explain it in in the dead film, in the George Romero f- dead films, what brings the dead back to life, you you kind of got a feeling it's not like a voodoo curse or something. It feels like it's gonna be some kind of you know sci fi thing, yeah, or something. Yeah, I think that's a good, interesting way to put it. Like this kind of middle ground, yeah, in the middle between the two. I mean, the fact that it's color also, yeah, that know. that does that does a lot as well. 
I do like the energy in this movie a lot. I think it uh, flows really well throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I, I do too. A lot of and people complain about it being slow, but I it, it works. Yeah, and, and and it's not like no. this is again like what I was saying before. Like some of these people's reviews that that I've looked at, I, like I I don't understand what they thought they were watching. I I get annoyed when I go online and I see people are like millennials don't appreciate this or whatever. But, like, I do honestly think that, like, the younger generations do not have the antenna for atmosphere in horror movies as older people do. You know what? It's not even it's not even that like they that problem exists. But then there's also people that are older that I think have it in their head that it's that it's schlock trash. Yeah. And don't and and they just they won't give it its due because they already have made their mind up about it. When if you would just watch it, I, I you would realize like, okay, this is really well put together. Yeah, I I can't stand people who think that just because a movie is older or dated or the or the production value isn't massive that a movie is something to laugh at. And I, I have I have zero fucking patience for people like that. Honestly, I do. Especially because most of these people just watch modern movies, which modern movies are just <coughs> schlock trash made with $200 million instead right. of, you know, 500000 With none of the... None of, Wit none or of charm. The, right. Not, they got nothing. Yeah. No, this movie is... I mean, Marvel shot. movies to me are just schlock trash made with 150 million fucking dollars as opposed to this movie that was you know <laughs> well, yeah they were creative with a lot of yeah with, with what they had and yeah it was shot beautifully it was uh and and they made well things it wasn't out. just some yeah. fucking nerd typing at a computer and that's nine tenths of the frame you're looking at it's just dumb you know outdated video game effects just hitting you with a blitzkrieg of fucking bullshit yeah i'll i'll, I'll yeah i'll take you know, old school gore effects. Like even if it w- like like Giannetto De Rossi's stuff is fantastic. Yeah, it in, always in, was, and in, in, in everything that he does. But even if it was like you know hokey looking, I would still take that uh, absolutely over I, computer animation. I, I do too. I, every if you the one thing if you want me to completely lose respect for you as a filmmaker, put that shitty CGI blood in a movie. Honestly, if you if you really just want my respect for you to hit the fucking gutter, if you're if you are so much of a fucking hack that you can't mix, you know, the simple blood formula that I used to make when I was 10 and put it in a fucking movie, you are literally fucking zero to me. You are a black fucking hole. I mean, how much of a useless piece of shit where you can't get what is it like fucking Vinegar oil and like red food. Yeah, carousel, food, red food, food color. coloring. Yeah. If you can't even fucking do that in your shitty <laughs> fucking movie and you have to have that awful, like, you know, like when people get shot and it's that awful CGI. I remember one of the Expendables movies did it. I mean, all those movies are fucking trash. For are you talking about like the muzzle blast? Yeah, CGI yeah. Like just oh, the head. muzzle blast is terrible too. But but I'm talking about like the the CGI oh, squib. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, what's funny about that is like it's, it's done... Sp- purely out of 
kind of laziness, yeah. you know, and and it just looks horrible. I think the I think the the reason to do it is like so you can just shoot the scene really quick like five Canada, times. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to clean up the blood off the walls. Oh, yeah, laziness. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> laziness. And it's just uh but at you know, at the cost of it just looking like awful garbage. I mean, it, I would take I drink your I love I drink your blood, but the gore is hokey and cheap looking, but it's actually there. Like my eye is is telling my brain that it is seeing that something real that was filmed, even though that like severed head that the one rabid dude is holding at the end is blatantly fucking fake. It's still he's obviously holding a real thing, even though it's easily a prop, as opposed to you know uh, some sci-fi original movie where all the the cheap gore is just this shitty looking. Yeah. Like from like Resident Evil Two cutscene from back in 1997. Yeah, I mean, I'll you know, I'll take you know Ar- Argento melted crayon blood over. <laughs> I I uh, growing up I, I I like when I was a kid I I didn't like that that really fake paint blood mm-hmm. but now like I kind of it's grown to me. It's a little I, nostalgic. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, I prefer my blood to look real, but every now and then it's it's neat Corny to see kind of that. Fun. Yeah phony blood you know what uh one thing i was thinking about about this movie was when when there was some turn or some twist or it's kind of where there was a like a physical altercation it kind of went in the way that i didn't really expect it to and um one was when uh, Martin was fighting uh, the, the the you know the the bum zombie, yeah, the first zombie, the wet zombie, and um, he gets taken to the ground. And you, I kind of even the last few, and I kind of like have this. Oh, he'll he'll get out of it and they'll run away. But no, he gets crushed at that. Oh yeah, and um, he just dies, and like that's it. And uh, the the other scene was uh, the the cop at the cemetery going for his radio, and you think, oh, he's gonna get his radio, he's gonna call for help. And no, that that one time he throws that tombstone and yeah. crushes his legs. Oh, you you know you're going to something I really like about this movie. The zombies in this movie are formidable. They're fucking like they're not the the nowadays fast twenty eight days later zombies, but they're not slow either. Like they move like what you would expect yeah. a dead person to move like. But they pick up tombstones like they're yeah. smart and they can like they got like strength. Yeah. So well, they pick up weapons too, like yeah. axe and everything. Yeah, like absolutely. That. They're, and here's the thing: what's their motive? I mean, like they well, they use the blood of people to bring other ones back to life, but sometimes they like to chew on some viscera, you know, like they they just like to yank out, right? Well, I guess, you well, know, I guess they have standards. If you don't meet the standards, <laughs> then they just eat you. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And like you know, you gotta you gotta sell this movie to somebody. You know, the Japanese love watching people get their guts ripped out, so <laughs> might as well, you know, the zombies do that. Yeah, they uh, never really explained the motive, and I thought that was fine, uh, just because. They kind of were suggesting that the uh, whatever the 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 noise that was getting transmitted from the machine was just making them very violent, and that was the reason why they were just killing whatever. You know, they were coming back to life, and they were just attacking. So the the machine brings them back to life, correct? Mm-hmm. But also putting blood on the eyelids brings them back to life too, right? But that's because that zombie was already one of them, so that's how they, like, they transmit. So. Yeah. It has to come from, well, yeah, the whole blood of the living thing. Yeah. Because it was from the blood, they, he grabs the blood from the, the caretaker, or the guy in the yeah. cemetery, and puts that blood. So he's somehow the blood of the yeah, living. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're, it's kind of, it gets kind of shady there. Yeah, there's there's some, yeah. I, I, I would just like to point out, like, before before we, we, we move on 
they, while we're talking about them, uh, the scene, you know, where like you see him putting the blood on the eyelids of, yeah. the, of the other corpses. That scene in the crypt is the centerpiece of the fucking is movie. one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie ever. I was I I was going to do a thing where we're going to pick out the highlight of each movie, and that was that was my choice. I was sure it was going to be it, yours too. It's a master class of just hopeless yeah. dread. Yeah, yeah, and and everything's perfect. Like the the zombies are creepy and eerie. The setting is fantastic. The soundtrack is great, and those like those like <laughs> moans that the, all the zombies mm-hmm. do are ooh. I like that weird sit up. That he does too. The, like, the one where he you do, it doesn't even look like he's like getting up. It just looks like he's kind yeah, of like getting yeah, like something is like pushing. Yeah, him up. yeah. I uh, that always that always uh, caught my eye. I really love the hospital scenes because I like the location. Uh, I like how that hospital looks. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that the characters got there sooner. That's like the big climax. I kind of wish the characters got there sooner and there was like more. It was sort of like the end of the beyond where there's more like running around these like dark, creepy hospital corridors with, you know, lurking corpses behind each corner. Right. But the the scenes there are terrific, especially when that uh, when the receptionist gets wasted, when they just those oh, zombies yeah. just pop out of nowhere, rip off her shirt, tear off her tits and fucking eat it. <laughs> it's it's great. Not only that, the the scene where it's like there's the war, one morgue attendant walking around and then like you know, you see him get dispatched, but like later on it's like later in the movie and you know ca- other characters doing other things and then for no reason at all, just to remind you that there's zombies in the movies, they cut back to the zombies just like crouched around this this morgue attendant just eating the fucking dripping viscera <laughs> which to go back to, to to the Fulci thing actually reminded me a lot of of the scene in zombie when they uh when they get back to well, when they n- find n- dr menard's wife right when they yeah. find dr menard's wife and 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 they uh the zombies are just sitting around casually just having the buffet on the floor i would i would give a lot to watch a re-edit of this movie where everything's the same but you get Fabio Frizzi's score. I would love to have seen what he would have done with this movie. You know what? I th- that would be intriguing, but I'm actually perfectly Oh yeah, I love the soundtrack to Giuliano's Sorgolini's score. Has he done anything else? Is there anything else that He he has I I can't think of off the top of my head, but there there there's at least one other soundtrack of his that I own. I I can't remember what it is. The the main theme, like the I don't know how to explain, but it's not like horror movie music. But like it's like during the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Like I never really cared for it when I was a kid because it wasn't like horror movie music. But now it's like every time I watch this movie, it gets stuck in my head. That sound like I don't know. I I love it. I love the beginning of this movie. Like he leaves his antique store. It has that those cool creepy ass paintings in there, and he just drives his motorcycle through like polluted fucking England town, and yeah. then the hippie girl runs streaking. through. Yeah, streaking, <laughs> and but it, I think it's uh, it kind of goes with the uh, the uh, the theme, you know, um, the environmental exactly the kind of environmental uh, uh, pro or anti-pollution kind of theme that's right. going on with this movie. 
Yeah, that 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 opening sequence is a a, a perfect you know non horror thing in the movie that you can point out to somebody and be like, look, this was you know filmed with you know like style. Like, yeah, it, it 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 it's not just let's just throw a camera up and you know whatever because you know we're we're making a b movie so obviously we can't you know put any effort into anything like everyone seems to think that these movies are i like how in the city every every shot someone was just staring back at the camera yeah yeah it was definitely uh but it was cool. It was just that yeah, I, I love that. It was one of those things where they, they didn't shoot with permits. They probably walked around with a camera yeah. trying to get like real real stuff. The movie goes on for a little bit before the first uh, uh, zombie attack, at least. It's actually not that long. Because a lot of movies nowadays, especially if you, if you look at like screenwriting books, they do this thing of like writing your like prologue scene to get like the audience hooked mm-hmm. and and this movie and a lot of older horror movies don't have it they just like you know you just follow a character around and then eventually they get there yeah i i'm pretty sure that the first attack happens within the first 15 minutes because I, I always said it was it would be like the the 15 minute mark maybe it's say. like are you like do you mean maybe the first like successful zombie oh attack? oh that's what i mean but also yeah when she gets attacked when when you first see the first zombie when she he comes out of the water yeah, yeah that that's definitely within the first 15 minutes because i know that um the shot of uh of them going going up the road because i was looking for it so i so i could yeah. l- look at it was at like right at the 10 minute yeah, mark. okay okay because a movie today would have began with that zombie killing like his first victim then you would have gotten the credit sequence and then you would have gotten george <laughs> leaving the antique i mean i'm just i'm just saying that's like like if you watch movies today there's always that like scene that prologue scene Sorry, we just had some thunder. Um, and uh, and then, like, the titles... You know what? I mean? it, it's a big thing, like, getting your audience hooked because we live in a time where, like, anybody can, like, go on their phone or whatever. Right, because, you know, heaven forbid that you just trust, like, okay, I, I it's yeah. a zombie movie. I'll, I'll get my zombie yeah, attack they'll, they'll at some come point. Around. I, yeah, yeah, I'm no... Um, that show, The Walking Dead. I, I've I've seen the first episode, and within the first episode, like there's zombies, and then the title, and then the movie goes back when there wasn't zombies, and then you know it takes some time to get. Like it's a thing now where it's like get your audience hooked, show them like you're gonna get blood and horror and tits, and then like show them the and then then do the plot. If there is one, if there is one, yes. Whatever. Joe, tell me the f- about the first time you've ever watched this movie. I'm actually kind of a latecomer to this. Uh, I mean, not like latecomer and like I've only just recently seen it, but it kind of uh, escaped me until it got released on uh, DVD and VHS by by Anchor Bay. Like some of the stuff uh, that that I had seen, I I had actually seen you know before that because I had been you know. Uh, scrounging around for VHS tapes in 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 stores uh that were supposed to be selling uh porn as their main source of income but I wasn't there for that I was there for for the big box horror movies and you know, stuff that they had kicking around You know what the worst thing is growing up was explaining to people that when you were like on websites or in stores like that 
you really weren't. It's sort of like the guy who says he buys Playboy for the articles, you know? Right. But, like, you had to explain, like, no, really, I'm here for the cheap schlock horror. You know, that's what, uh, you know, I, I there are so many times I ended up in some, like, kind of sleazy place. And I'm just <laughs> like, no, I, I really am looking for a copy of this, like, you know, mid-70s Italian slasher giallo film, not, you know, for the porno. <laughs> and nobody believes you. It's, a, it's it's really it's, it's annoying. That's how I ended up with my big box of uh, of uh, of Housegeist, which is which is boarding house. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> you got that at a porno store? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow! I got um. No, no, I got, I got, I got big box Wizard of Gore at a at a at a porno <laughs> store called Adult World. Mm. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, mm. you're just um. So yeah, I I didn't yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't see uh, I didn't see it until Anchor Bay released it and as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie and well, that's how I, I saw it. I yeah. think it was what two thousand. I was a freshman in high school, so yeah. Um, so it was part of a three pack because they had these. Oh, I remember, remember they had those. Yeah. I got I got Parasite in one of those. Remember Parasite? <laughs> um. I forget what it was packaged with. I want to say it was it was packaged with Nightmare City, so that was another I, I, gem. I I was blessed, and my video store had Nightmare City in a big box. So it was called City of the Walking Dead, and the front cover was a still from the movie where. First off, it was, had a naked lady, and it was one of the acrobat girls from the mm. beginning, and that was enough to catch my attention. But to even catch my attention furthermore, it was her, her tit showing, and her eye getting gouged out. So I was like, oh, "I'm in," <laughs> you know. I'm and like that was like when I was ten. I was about nine or ten when I first saw Dawn of the Dead. So then I rented any movie that had like dead, living right. dead. Walking Dead in it, and I watch it, and that movie was just like fuck yeah. I mean, you got zombies running around using axes and knives and machine guns, and the whole. And I'll always love City of the Walking Dead for this. I I I watch it today in schlock trash, but when you're ten, you believe it. Like that's a fucking massive hyper violent zombie epidemic movie and you're not like you're not sitting there like why would that tv explode like that you know you're just like oh fuck this movie's scary and intense uh that scene that scene tv that scene and the scene when the zombies go into the 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 room where the doctors are doing surgery and the the lead surgeon throws the scalpel and it hits the zombie in the chest as if like that surgeon was practicing throwing that scalpel <laughs> like a knife for years and then like finally like that time came he's like I'm gonna throw the scalpel and it hits him right in the heart and you're like wow like this that guy really practiced training for yeah it was like this is the whole reason I became a surgeon was just one day I'm gonna okay. throw the fucking scalpel like Indiana <laughs> like Jones. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, the vastly. Well, just superior. a quick question. I I didn't grow up with the whole video rental thing. I was living in another country, and everything was bootlegged. Yeah. So when you 
guys say big box and stuff like that. What is that? All right, you know, you you see a VHS tape, right? And it's it's in a box, it's, you know, a little box, a cardboard sleeve. Yeah, it fits like right over the VHS. Okay. There was one there were big where the boxes were bigger, and the VHS fit in the middle. Like there's like a little slot for it to go in in the middle, and you had like a big box. It was the size of. Um, well, how big would you say? I would say almost like a hardcover book, like your average hardcover book. Yeah, That's and the, and and the the idea was so that you could they you could have like the Bafo artwork, yeah, in a big box with like a nice presentation. Yeah, of, it was of the artwork of you know whatever whichever version of it died out though. It's only like for older like like releases. Like I don't think it. I can't re. I can't think of any movie. That came out as a kid, like I like all like Nightmare had one, um, the Herschel Gordon Zombie had one. That's like the most infamous one for me. But like movies that were new releases when I was a kid didn't. Did, I think did they, not have. Yeah, I don't. I think that was something that only existed for some time, like in the late eighties, early nineties, and then they I, just stopped doing. I, it. I don't even think it lasted in, into the nineties. I think maybe it, it you're maybe probably right. Made it to like eighty seven because before that that was well, over. especially when you got those big chain video stores that had to pack as many movies onto the shelves as they could. Those big boxes took up too much space. Um. Yeah, I I I found a whole bunch of 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 VHSs like that, like just scrounging around yeah. in those stores. I love them. And then there's also the clamshell, which is like smaller than the big box, but bigger than the regular thing. And so, see, I kind of thought you guys were talking about clamshells. And no, I was just no, like, no, that sounds like it, something different. Yeah, it's something. It's something different. But clamshells are close to it. When I get rich, I'm gonna buy as many VHS tapes. I'm going to have a mini video store in my, in my mansion with like people who work there. Like it's only for me, but like they still have to work there. I'll come in and I'll rent my own videos. It's like, oh, you forgot to charge me for not. Rewinding. Yeah. Yeah. You get it right. <laughs> like I was late today. Charge me the $2. What the fuck am I paying you for? <laughs> Just to get as much of my childhood packaged in some kind of fucking nightmare Xanadu as I could. Well, anybody have anything else they want to say? Uh, so uh, Ray Lovelock, the main character of this movie, was in a pop group with Thomas Milan, the spaghetti western uh, <laughs> uh, main set. He was in a lot of Sergio Corbucci movies. Uh, I did not listen to any of it, but will, I'm going I, to when I get yeah, home. Yeah, I will be looking that up immediately. But uh, apparently, I, I, I read a quick interview with him, and... Um, that's what happened. He was in a pop group, and they both got at, like ended up in movies. And they said, "Why not?" And they just kept on doing it. Uh, he was in five movies directed by Umberto Lenzi, and he said he enjoyed working with him, even though he could be a bit gruff. Like yeah. he he was not very uh, uh, patient. He, if you did a take and it wasn't what he wanted, he would be like, you know, until you got it right. But he was in a, he worked with Lucho Fulci and he said Lucho Fulci was a very nice and pleasant director to work for. It's a contrasting opinion that a lot of people. Well, I've, I've heard that Lucho Fulci was more hard on women than he was on male actors and not just women, because I heard plenty of women stick up for Fulci, but for more the bimbo type. Mm -hmm. he was kind of hard on 
and would like make cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever? Do you ever? Do you know why Lucho Fulci went to the film business? Mm, he no. got dumped by a girl that he was in love with. He was he was studying medicine, so he uh, went in the film business to uh, kind of woo her back. Like it was like mm-hmm. a, it was more art, you know. Um, I read an interview with him. He's like, so he explains that. Well, years later, he's working on a movie. I don't think he was directing yet. And um, the girl that he was in love with showed up. They were filming somewhere, and she was actually there. Not involved with the movie, but she was there, and she was with her date, who was a rich guy. And he walked up to her, hoping that it's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm involved in this film business. And like thinking like, oh, wow, look at, you know, maybe we'll... I'll, I'll rethink our relationship. Well, he walks up to her and she just hands him some change, thinking that he was a fucking beggar and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> and he's like, if you th- if you looked at the Italian exploitation film industry, you would know understand exactly why we looked like beggars. <laughs> there was no money <laughs> whatsoever. That's wonderful. Well, that ex- explains a lot. Andrew, what's your favorite part of this movie? What's the highlight? What's the what's your scene? Well, it's hard because uh, definitely the cemetery. Like the funny thing is, like the whole cemetery scene where they're trapped in that crypt, yeah. and uh, that's great. But them getting, you know, you seem they seem like they're trapped. There's no way to get out. Then they get out through the small crawl space, crawl little window, and then it goes to another terrifying just room with no oh, exit. yeah yeah they're in what it's like the the uh the caretaker shack yeah, yeah. and the you know the zombies are are taking this tombstone and they're ramming it against the door it's just this booming sound as they're trying to figure out a way to get out and um and then yeah it's the the police officer who they actually turns out to be a nice guy who's yeah. gonna help them you know convince the sergeant that they're not the murderers and that these uh the that these dead people are coming back to life and killing everyone um he gets his guts ripped out and uh <laughs> well they throw a tombstone yeah, on that, him first. i yeah. love that like they break his legs you see his bones popping out of his legs and then they rip him apart and uh so that is like i mean that whole just it, it's multiple scenes you know it goes from scene to scene but like it's the whole thing is great that whole uh sequence is I, wonderful i think all three of us are in agreement that that whole like cemetery sequence is the yeah i mean the other only like the uh, maybe the other one that kind of comes close is the hospital um yeah. to the end uh, with the climax and everything i, I love yeah, everything i uh but the like, cemetery i think beats it yeah up. i think all three of us are gonna vote that scene but yeah i love like i said before i love the way that hospital looks and then those weird lurking corpses just like walking down those corridors yeah. it's just very creepy and uh when the when the doctor has a showdown he's using the axe and you know he just fucking hacks off the man tit of the one zombie and it grabs the axe and hits him right in the head yep. and the blood just rushes out like a fucking faucet yeah, just oh. down his face yep uh, one thing I can point out since you brought up the, the the hospital scene when um when she gets turned yes at at the end I don't I mean I don't know if if any, anybody else agrees but like I actually felt like 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 I felt bad like oh, for, yeah, for yeah. Like, like I actually was like oh no she yeah, got I, turned I, um yeah. that sucked one complaint <laughs> one complaint I have about the movie I wish it ended when George gets 
killed by the cop. Yeah. I think that would be so like that whole like EC style, like, oh, he comes back at the end and gets in the then the and the cop gets. But he's still dead though, you know? I know, but it's still like it's it's like I a enjoyed. bittersweet thing. I like I like it if like oh this the, he 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 saved the day and he gets no reward he gets yeah. fucking murdered that's for it and the world a thinks that's yeah like, he know? like the world thinks he's just some killer that burned a bunch of corpses. Yeah. I think that would have been much more of like it, it leaves that sour taste in your mouth. You're absolutely right that that would leave it at such a tragic ending. Exactly. And, uh, but at the same time, I love the fact that that, that cop that got fucking, killed. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But that's that's the problem with it. Like it feels too good it's and. Too new, good. And it's wrapped up too nicely as opposed yeah. to like this guy, he saves the day. He has to <laughs> sacrifice somebody he cares about, saves the problem for all of us. And then he just gets shot six times yeah. by a fucking cop, ignorant fucking piece of shit cop. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a ballsy way to end the movie. Just fucking just relentless and mean. And and I I, I mean, maybe I, you know just me being a grump, but I like that those two like that there was no romantic subplot like, yeah. whatsoever. Like yeah, I I enjoy that too. I I'm they not even a, like each other for most of the movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they grew to to get along almost out of necessity. Right. But I I'm not a fan of sentiment in movies, and I'm definitely not a fan of like sentimentality in fucking horror movies, which is like a big problem today. Like. So yeah, I like. Well, I read one. Uh, I, I was cruising around seeing what other people had to say about this movie, and this one guy's blog was going on about how how Ray Lovelock is clearly the first gay protagonist in a horror film, and he says that he thinks that since George Romero did the first like black hero, they were going to go for the first gay hero. I mean, he's like, according to this guy, this is not what I'm saying. It's a tight pants wearing antique shop owning guy who completely disregards the advances of his of a beautiful woman yeah but she doesn't make advances no i guess she doesn't but i mean he still doesn't he just doesn't have any time for her whatsoever yeah, he just shows no interest i don't think he's a gay dude i just think i don't i don't think he is either but i mean even if he was yeah it it doesn't matter but like i don't even think it's important yeah but i think the the blog i was reading of the review i think it was like kind of tongue-in-cheek he's like this guy like i'm wondering if he's you know the first gay yeah i i don't i didn't get that yeah i just want to say i love this movie before we before we move on like i i this is out of all the movies we did is this is our favorite one this is this is like a movie like i literally like gush about <coughs> every time people talk about like zombie movies i always make sure i mention this movie like there's an underrated horror uh, zombie movie from the early 70s that's worth checking out yes and i always like make sure that they see it yeah. all right here's a good question would this make your top five zombie movies yes i don't even have to think about it really i yes. do i don't because my I'm not sure what my list would be, but I know that it would be. Well, let here. Uh, well, let me go on and see if this. All right, my top five. I have all three of the Romero Dead movies. They're rightfully there. Number four is Return of the Living Dead, which is rightfully there. It's there's no that's not going to leave. <coughs> so five is this movie, which I love, but I think it edges out. And plus, out of nostalgia, zombie 
is it probably beats this movie a little bit. I don't count Reanimator as a zombie movie, which it is. And like when I see it, unless I understand why. But to me, Reanimator is such like a mad scientist movie where zombies are in play in it. Right. Same way, I don't count um, Fulci's The Beyond or Gates of Hell as a zombie movie. Like there's yeah, Living Dead in there, but I I I, they, I don't I just don't think of it as a zombie movie mainly because it's just like not zombie stuff that's like the main attraction it's just weird surrealist nightmare stuff but yeah zombie however lucio fulci's zombie is a zombie movie and atmospherically i think it edges this one out and and even just not just atmosphere but in shock and everything although this movie is slightly smarter than zombie well what do you what do you think you do you, do you would you take this over zombie well, well, all right. Let's say another say. I would have. Let's to. do your top five. Let's do your top five. Is all three of the Romero movies in there? Day is not on it. Whoa! All right. Well, you know my history with. That I movie. know your history and, and, with Day of the Dead, and, which is and 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 despite the fact that I have finally warmed to it recently, I don't feel like I I can rightfully put it in my top five. Wow! Considering wow. all the years of not particularly caring for it, I I mean it's hard for me to pick a like a, another zombie movie that I don't like as much as Day of the Dead. I mean, I like Dawn and Night more than Day of the Dead, but I still like like Day is probably my least favorite of the three. And I hate to say it, least favorite; it's just the one I love the least. You know, yeah. like how like my brother is to my parents. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. What about zombie? Would you take zombie over? Well, if you have to think, that means you'd like zombie more than Day of the Dead. I do. Wow. I love zombie, but it's just... Zombie gives me what I want. Zombie... Here, let me tell you how much I love zombie. Zombie, seeing zombie for the very first time when I was 10 years old, was the scariest movie experience I've ever had in my life. That movie fucked me up. (laughs) You have no idea. I rented that fucking... All right, I, I rented the big box VHS. It was a time where like I discovered zombie movies, and that was all I rented. And like sometimes you'd get a stinker because it was just some dumb movie packaged as a zombie movie. But Orbit Video, where I rent movies all the time, they had a wall where it was all the zo- where all the horror movies, and A was on the bottom, and Z was all the way on top. Well, I was so small, I did not see like the Z Y X section. It was just you know I was like a fucking little kid. Well, eventually, I kind of like looked, tilted my head up and looked at him, and I saw Zombie. I'm like, holy fuck, that's exactly the movie I'm looking for. You know, it says in the title exactly what's in the movie. <laughs> the box is this fucking rotted maggot face with worms in the eye and shit. Like, this, is exa- this isn't going to be like Revenge of the Dead where I rented it. I'm like, holy fuck, this movie sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I rent it. I'm staying at my neighbor's house. For some reason, my parents are out of town. They let me, you know, they took me to video store, let me pick out a movie. They leave me alone in their den. So I'm in foreign territory watching this awful scene a thousand times. So the tracking's all fucked up. So the movie has even, like, it adds to the nightmare atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like, when you watch 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Gates of Hell or Phantasm on VHS. Like the the fact that they've like been see- watched so many times that the tracking is like right. kind of off makes it like even more weirder and creepier. And just this whole fucking like that desert island and those lurking corpses <laughs> and those damn drums that never stop and that screeching soundtrack. I was literally terrified to the point where like I was stone when I watched it. Like I could not move. And to to fuck me all up, the movie ends. I I uh, I I'm petrified. Their VCR stops when the tape runs out, rewinds the fucking it. movie and plays it again. <laughs> it plays it again. <laughs> I forced myself into like very uncomfortable nightmarish sleep and I never forget the movie. And I went to Suncoast video the next day, went into the nine ninety nine under section and bought it and never watched it until unless my friends wanted to watch it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like when I finally got to like seventh or eighth grade where I was like, Oh, I can watch like I was a little bit older, I can watch mm. it. But when I was in the fourth grade, that was fucking nightmare fuel. And again, I think we've talked about it uh, before. One of the previous episodes, we we mentioned it. I think um, the daytime horror, the zombie oh, yeah. is is like the epitome of yeah. The daytime we, we brought this horror. up when we did the first episode with who can kill a child, okay. like because th- it's not just daytime horror. It's like hot, humid, mm. and like the sun is Jungle. is very unforgiving. Mm. You know, it, it makes it like sweaty, and that's. And almost like flat. I don't want to say flat, but it, it's not like night nighttime where it's got like a weird atmosphere to it. That I don't want to say, kind of artificial. But yeah, when it's just like oh, it's just the middle of a hot summer day, and the horror is just in broad daylight, just being like punched down by the sunlight. It adds a certain. I don't want to say it is creepier, but it's a different kind of creepiness. Right. I would love to see more desert horror movies. I know you guys are both going to think that this is not a zombie movie, but the Evil Dead movies, like, are they at all, like... I don't count them as zombie yeah. movies. I didn't think so, because it was kind of supernatural, but yeah, yeah. they do have zombie elements. I, yeah, I mean, well, well, here's the thing. I kind of all right. I have two categories. I, I think they're closer to being proper zombie movies than, say, Reanimator is. In a well, here's here's the thing. I have I I have two categories. I put them. In. I have the zombie movie, which is like the Romero. I'm I'm thinking like the, your classic brain dead, gut munching, yeah. reanimated corpse. Then I have the movie. Then I have the subgenre in my head, the living dead, where there are things that have come back to life, but the, it's a different, it feels like a different type of movie. Like The Fog is a living dead movie. Those are those are dead pirates that, you know, walk around this dark fog and kill people. But it doesn't feel like a zombie movie. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm splitting hairs, but it does make kind of sense. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to. I like, Evil to Dead has dead bodies that come back to life and do shit, but it doesn't feel like a zombie movie. Yeah. They look kind of. They they kind of look kind of like. Yeah. Zombies yeah. No. No. They're, they're attacking. They, I, I I know what you mean. It, it's hard, and like I said, I'm splitting hairs. No, and that, that's a movie where you can kind of split hairs a little bit because that was where I just wanted to get your guys input on. Would that. you call The Fog a zombie movie? All oh, right. Yeah. You know what I mean. What about you, Joe? 
what the fog as the fog. a zombie? John Carpenter's the fog. I mean, it's 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 living cor- it's it's corpses that are coming back alive and killing people. Or would you do what I say? We're like, all right, it's not a zombie movie, but it's a living dead movie. Like, yeah, you I see, mean, yeah, the, your 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 distinction, I th- it like makes perfect sense. Yeah, like think like EC Comics, where like at the end of each one, like the 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 wronged dead guy gets his vengeance. It's not like a zombie thing, like Night of the Living Dead, but it's a it's definitely a, a resurrected corpse. I I don't know. I, I I just that's how I do. I put like zombie and living dead in two different categories. But yeah, no, I just wanted to that's, get you guys. That's input. just I'm like not. pointless nerd fucking. Right. And I don't know if you guys consider them or at all. Like, a, a speaking of which, all right, all right. Let me. I know this is this is definitely digressing, but to go to fucking intolerable nerd <laughs> shit. Uh, some guy uh on the internet. I don't even know why I use that thing. <laughs> They're like talking about best horror or best slasher movies and one guy's like oh black christmas is mine and the guy's like well it's before the slasher movie boom i don't really consider it a slasher movie i call it a stalker movie i'm like jesus fucking great like i (laughs) i i do some nerdy hair splitting shit too yeah but that's just fucking madness that's just like getting yeah i mean i guess it would be kind of like a proto slasher but I mean, to me, it is a slasher movie. Yeah. Just because it didn't happen in the in the right. slasher boom, it, all the elements are there. I love that movie. Joe, what do you like more, Black Christmas or Halloween? It's hard, isn't it? Like, I think every I, time I think, I'm like, oh, yeah, a Halloween, obviously. And then I stop it, and I'm like, mm, it, wait a second. So if, if you're asking me which is the better film, it's Black Christmas. You think uh, you think Black Christmas is a better movie, yes. a better put together movie? Yes. I think I think Halloween has a lot more style than Black Christmas. Although I think they're both great. I just think Halloween has more of like oh, it has that auteur thing. Like when you watch Halloween and you know John Carpenter's work, you can tell it's John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Black Christmas feels it's it's a it's a top tier drive in horror movie, but it's not like when you watch it, you're like oh wow this is definitely Bob Clark you know what I mean it could have been made by any number of see 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 you say that but I actually disagree I think like when I like I I knowing Bob Clark's movies I get that that's yeah, a very much a Bob I, Clark I, I, I see movie. it but it it's not I mean it feels closer to like where it's like a drive-in movie and it's in the mold of a drive-in movie even though it's vastly superior to 99 percent of them while halloween i mean it, it's harder for people today to see it because it's just been it's been seen so many times it's been ripped off so many times it's been parodied so many times but when if you watch halloween in the eyes of somebody who's watching it for the first time in 1978 it's like very stylish very distinctive very original well black christmas similar but stylistically doesn't seem to have that same pizzazz although I, sometimes it does it does i I, I, I don't agree with that statement at all wow wow not right. not one bit. really really i think that it has plenty of style and i think that halloween gets a lot of its style from black christmas quite frankly uh, it has it definitely has the elements but uh, if I knew we had we we're gonna lead to this conversation, I would have like, I would have thought harder on the train ride and build up my armor. You know, 
We'll save this for another day. Yes. I mean, I am in no way disrespecting Halloween. I love Halloween, but I think that Black Christmas is a superior film. However, depending on my mood, if you ask me which one I like more, yeah, it, it's that, hard that might vary. Every I love Black Christmas, but sometimes... No, no, no. I take that back. I always love Black Christmas. Halloween, though, like there's never times where I wonder, you know... Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. But you're always Kevin. in the mood to watch Halloween. I'm not always in the mood for it, but I never like question sure. like if, how great it is. Sometimes when I watch Black Christmas, sometimes like it drags a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I really like this movie, but my the girl um, I'm seeing now says Halloween three is the best one. And while I firmly believe that Halloween three is the best sequel, and definitely pretty much the only sequel I like. I that's can't understand why anybody would think that's a better movie than the first Halloween. Well, seeing, yeah, I I don't understand <laughs> your your dislike of two at all. I uh, out of out of all the other sequels besides three, it's definitely the best one. Well, obviously, but by but, far, by far. But I, th- I think Halloween and Halloween three beat the shit out of it. I wouldn't argue w- w- with that. I like three more more if than two. If I had to watch a Halloween movie that wasn't the first or the third one, Halloween two would be the immediate okay choice. That being said, it's it, I don't know. There's something dumb about it. Uh, well, you know what? I'm I haven't watched it in about ten years too. But even as a kid, I was like, this isn't that good. Definitely better than four or five or six or. I the last Halloween movie I seen was Halloween H two O. I don't know how many of them there are. But I know there's been there's a, there's one more. After there's that. a one no, but then there's a remake and a sequel to the remake. So I guess three. Well, who who counts those? R- 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 the Rob Zombie movies don't exist. Yeah, so all right, th- that's true. Don't that's even... true. But there's another Halloween. That's all right. So it's another reboot. So this is the. Third reboot, the second soft reboot, because Halloween H2O was a soft reboot. Halloween Rob Zombie was a full reboot, a hard reboot. <coughs> and now we're having a second soft reboot. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I, mean, I have no idea. I have no interest in what. Listen, Halloween, the first Halloween is a great, small, tiny, claustrophobic thriller, creepy horror movie. How like how why has this extended to 14, 15, 16 fucking movies? You know what I mean? Because that's what the Akkad family wanted. Yeah, but that guy's fucking dead now. How is this still going? His family's still, still oh, oh, his, oh, okay. his son is still running that that show. Alright, whatever. Um Yeah, it's just so like there should be I, I, in all honesty, if if they did like John Carpenter's plan with like the third one, where it was just every year it was a new, right, a new ho- story, a new horror movie that took place on Halloween, I would fucking, oh my god, you know how good that would have been I know. if we actually have gotten that. Right, they should have done that. Well, they didn't because fucking people in the eighties were fucking retarded, and they're like, well, no, not just the eighties. Nowadays, if you if you go on like Amazon, we want the same yeah. thing. What? There, this movie's a new movie and it's original. Fucking retards! Why'd you make that? I want the guy in the mask to stab people. You know, because you know, in the eighties, there wasn't a lot of those. You know, they didn't make a lot of those guys in a mask sca- stabbing people movies. <laughs> you know, so we had to make more of them. 
But think about it. Think about it. You had a brand new original horror movie that took place in Halloween that was made in the 80s with John Carpenter doing the score to each one of them. We would have been, we would have had the fucking, oh, <coughs> so many great, I mean, even the movies are shitty. We would have had killer soundtracks, right? Right. But no, we couldn't have them because fucking morons. Listen. Wanted a dude in a mask. Listen, horror movie fans, I'm talking to you directly as one of you. Most of you are fucking stupid. You are fucking stupid. You do not deserve to fucking live. Go back watching your dumb schlock Friday the 13th movies and arguing on the internet about like what the best fucking kill in Friday the 13th part 14 or whatever. You are a fat, useless fucking waste of space. And you're not even good at the one thing that you like. Remember that. You are a fucking zero. All right, so the next Thank movie. you for so, alienating yeah. our, our entire potential audience. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, Halloween 3 was great and we should have gotten more fucking Halloween horror movies with John Carpenter soundtracks and we fucking didn't cuz kids back then. L- listen, listen. All the fucking older people that yell about fucking right, kids eating Tide Pods again. today are the same people that complained about fucking Halloween 3. So, I don't give a fuck about any of them. That's what. That's it. I'm drunk. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, now that we are at the hour and thirty one minute mark, oh, maybe shit, we, we should sh- talk about. Yeah, this maybe we should move on. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna let Joe take over because this movie sucks fucking dick. And no, it doesn't. Like, Andrew, no, break the, the tie here. I think Beast of the Yellow Knight eats fucking ass. Joe likes it. There you go. And don't do this middleman shit. I'm not you, gonna do the middleman. Uh, like, I mean, there's nothing really memorable about it. And, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is with me, I don't. I haven't really seen like Beast of Blood and stuff like that. This, this those, movie, all right. This, but, all right. But I think be, from what I've seen of Beast of Blood, I think that's a, a much funner. Like, it's a better movie and would be well, a lot be, more. Well, let's be real, Joe. Explain Beasts of the Yellow Knight to our brilliant intelligent and not at all like the people i just described <laughs> listening listening group <clears throat> uh we have a guy who what he's gone what a wall and he's he's being hunted down by the uh the uh the local the first 20 he, minutes he, of this movie he, is just like bafflingly Stupid. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a U- U.S. soldier, the U.S. Embassy, and like some like Filipino uh, soldiers are looking for him because he's you know gone off and he's hiding in the woods and and whatnot. And uh, he is struggling to survive. He's on his way out, and then he meets a a sort of I guess uh, a devil character who talks to him very condescendingly and will continue to do so periodically throughout the film. And, uh, um, Satan. Yeah. Well, do they really? No, I guess not. I mean, it's deal with the yeah, devil type thing. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it, a, it, it's an it, old it's, school horror. Story. Yeah. It's a, it's a Faustian story. The guys, you know, in exchange for him, uh, you know, surviving, you know, the, the Asian devil man gets control of of his soul, which for some reason also includes him turning into a werewolf monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, which to me kind of looks like he, the werewolf monster to me look kind of like the Grinch had he fucking been addicted to meth for like a decade. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's like that combined <laughs> with like Paul Nashi werewolf makeup. 
All right. So anyway, Beast of the Yellow Knight. So anyway, this was made by Eddie Romero, who made the Blood Island movies. That was which, which I did not realize how many of them there actually were. Well, here's the thing: there was Brides of Blood, Mad Doctor of Blood Island, Terror is Man. No, that's not a Blood Island movie though. That was his first like horror movie. That was by the other guy too, right? The the no no Eddie Romero made that really well this this is the thing you guys are cutting me off here (laughs) all right so then there's Mad Doctor Blood Island then there's Beast of Blood well Brides of Blood Bride no Brides of Blood was first was first Brides of Blood Mad Doctor of Blood Island then Beast of Blood well they were they were teamed up with a company called Hemisphere and a man named Sam Sherman um they decided to make Beast of the Yellow Knight. Sam Sherman and Hemisphere were not interested, so they went on and made Brain of Blood, which was another <laughs> one of those, which is the weakest of all of them. This movie, since it's directed by Eddie Romero and was in the Filipinos and has a lot of the same people, it's loosely considered a Blood Island movie, but it's not. It's a completely different thing. And... um it sucks. The the Blood Island movies are so much fucking better. I haven't seen the Blood Island movies for at least fifteen years. I've been meaning to rewatch them, but I know if I rewatch them, then like some company is going to be like, like Arrow is going to be like, oh, we're going to release all the Blood Island movies in glorious four K, and I'm like, I'm just waiting for that to happen, so then I'll rewatch all of them. So literally, Brides of Blood, Mad Doctor of Blood Island. And Beast of Blood are all in my brain as like one movie. Like I can't tell you, like I can remember scenes in all of them, but I can't tell you which movie it is in. Right. This one, however, yeah, this one honks compared to those three, which are fucking the the Filipino splatter movies that were the movies that kind of they they're those movies that epitomize trashy seventies drive in horror movies you know they're just lo-fi crude filled to the brim with titties and blood and guts um this is just not the this is just not the good one this movie was really boring it was kind of a yeah. stinker yeah so this movie sucks <laughs> say it yeah. say it join my side yeah yeah no yeah, i didn't right. like this movie well then no but no, you know no. what's funny you know what i was i thinking? disagree <laughs> did you think the title for the movie like i just think it's funny. i love the title the uh What's funny is like the, the, during Vic Diaz's scene where he's lays the devil. You always that this guy plays the bad guy in all these. All right, movies. that's it. I love <laughs> him in. Well, well. Here's the thing though, Roger Corman since Sam Sherman and Hemisphere left, they teamed up with Roger Corman and Roger Corman's New World Pictures. New World. This was the movie that convinced Roger Corman to start making making movies, movies in the Philippines because he was going to do the Big Dollhouse in Puerto Rico. But Vic Diaz in this movie, who, the guy, the man who plays Satan, he's in all of those movies. He's the one that you know, like the holdover <laughs> that that Roger Corman used a lot. He's in the Big Dollhouse. He's in the Big Bird Cage. He's, he's in uh, Black Mama, White, White Mama. Mama. But that was directed by Eddie Romero. But yeah, I think that is a that is a uh, New saying. World picture. That is a Roger Corman produced movie. Yeah. And um, but what's funny is when 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 Vic Diaz shows up as the devil, everything every time he has a scene or or there's it's yellow. And um, I just didn't know if that was just maybe the tint of the film. Or... Oh wow, I never caught that. Yeah, I just thought that was. Well, there's always weird. the yellow fog yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. I just didn't know if maybe the film came. Though out it's that not way. always at night. 
Yeah, and and <laughs> and the day for night scenes in this movie leave me confused. It's very Plan Nine from Outer Space, where I'm not sure what time of day I'm watching. Yeah, that's and it's also yeah the movie uh, loses itself a number of times. It never finds itself. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I like is where he's like, uh, he, he makes this, he's like, oh, here's a, he, I want to make a deal with you. You know, uh, you can live, but you have to do, be my servant for forever. That, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. seems like a good deal. Well, um, I guess it's better than being in oblivion forever. I, I mean, so. watching movies like this make me wish I was in oblivion forever. <laughs> and but. he's just like, he agrees to the deal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> He's like, all right, so yeah, you're my servant now, and here's this bucket of human remains. Just oh, like, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, you got to eat guts from now. Well, here's the thing. All right, so he jumps from body to body. His soul is, and then has to do bad things to, to fuck up people. that person's life. So what does turning into a green monster and eating guts have to do with any of this? Well, he, when then the, when we, and for, for our sake, he... he he uh, possesses this businessman. Yeah, and uh, played by John Ashley, and <laughs> conveniently uh, had some disfigured face. So through the through the like the wonders of Filipino reconstructive surgery, he can look like himself. Yeah, like it's his true form. And I guess for whatever reason, because of that, he uh, he he kind of gets a little willpower. I I think he says because since he's now finally looking at his own face through the mirror again, he starts like regaining his soul back right and uh and but and i guess that's just trying to explain why he turns into the beast yeah because he has that willpower power that's the devil punishes him yeah every time he gets a stomach ache he turns into a monster and it's he gets a stomach ache every time he has like a human emotion yeah 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 so that's i can relate to that is that right yes Because I know he's getting all, you know, hot and bothered with that one lady. And, it's and like, he oh, just human. throws her in the fucking room, yeah. you know. <laughs> Turns into the the beast. Joe, I'm going to give you the stage right now to justify your shitty taste. <laughs> Tell me why Beast of the Yellow Knight deserves any, <laughs> any kind of... What's wrong with it? It's just boring. I mean, like... Uh, How is it boring? I, I mean, it's just... <sighs> Here, okay, here's the thing. I, I, I've always liked it. Yeah, I know. I remember we actually argued about this like when we first met years yes. ago. Um, and even I remembered it being more snoozy than I found it this yeah. last time. Like I think it actually moves okay for well, I mean, for it's, a movie it's made. Its runtime is under an hour and a half. That was Thank the one. Fucking god! <laughs> that was a redeeming uh, 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 aspect of the movie. Is that what I remember? Like, kind of after my first like. <sighs> <laughs> And I just like pressed pause to see how much time was left. And there was only like around, it was like 25 or half an hour left. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, all know, right. Like, that, yeah. that gave you your booster rocket. There's not that much like, left in this fucking movie. <laughs> Listen, the, we're going to end up doing like the Blood Island movies, and they're great. They're, I mean, like, I'm talking like from when I watched them, you know, when I was 15. I fucking loved them, but I remember this one being, you know, the uh one. But there's another movie he did called The Twilight People. It was like his last like low budget art. That's apparently, I never got around to watching it. But apparently, that one's actually the best out of all of them. Hmm. So we'll probably do that next. Well, not next, but so one of the reasons why I kind of 
don't think this movie is all that good is because I was trying. <laughs> well, let me. What I'm going to talk about right now is that uh, I can't really think of too much that I would consider like a good memorable scene. Like I was trying to think of a highlight or something like that. And the oh only yeah, I, yeah, we do that now. <laughs> no, no, we no. Oh, I, fuck that. The only thing I could think of was uh, when he attacks the one, like I guess a prostitute goes into an alleyway and everyone follows him into the alleyway and then they just get fucked up and like that was pretty much the only scene that i really thought was like oh that's cool i love the quote-unquote fight at the end with the military oh, when he's yeah. them just like shooting and flamethrowing him and he just walks around and just like yeah lobs his sloppy arms at him and they die what I love is that the uh filipino police or army or whatever like anytime they're on a manhunt the what they want to do like this is like this is how they find the people as they just fucking shoot the shit out of the jungle like this like, so many goddamn bullets into that's, that jungle that's why so many someone. so many and start and, brush fires yeah so many endangered species nowadays because we just all right pause jen's here so the dogs are gonna go fucking crazy oh, okay and then joe you can go proceed to tell us how we're two. oh wait did you just press the thing one two <laughs> three four What were we talking about before we cut off? We were talking about how it's me against the world with the Beast of Yeah, the you're Yellow the Knight. only... Per- this movie has like a 2.5 on IMDb. That means even those fucking tards didn't like it. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I mean... I think because it was put... It's, uh, not to cut you off, but like, let's put it this way. It may be always in the context of the Blood Island movies that people watch it, and therefore, since it's not as good as them, they're like, this movie sucks. Okay, well, which is fine. Like, I'm not saying that it's a good movie by, by any stretch, but what does this movie do or not do so much worse than other movies made in 1971? True, true. You have a thing there, but... And you know what's interesting about this other, rather than the the other Blood Island movies, is that it has more of a foot in the in the older uh, horror tale. You know, you have your pact with the devil, you have your cursed, doomed man, you have that Bride of Frankenstein kind of scene where it's the guy, the blind guy, mm-hmm. that doesn't care that the guy's considered monstrous. Mm-hmm. It's like I can control him. Yeah, it just doesn't do any of these things fairly. Interesting. John Ashley, the 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 star um, of this movie, and many other uh, or the other the Blood Island movies and such, loved them. John Ashley, but he, well, I, I think he's great. I love him too. I think uh, he's got that classic like seventies drive-in movie star. Or, well, like I, I I mean like like him like he like he loved doing these. Like he yeah, had a lot well, of fun well, doing he, them. I, I was reading like how he like loved how like he would be in the Philippines for three months of the year making one of these movies. He had a condo there and everything. Like it was like his like getaway. Um, He was a producer on many things, uh, including, including the a team where in one episode he plays a man who's a financial backer for a movie called beast of the yellow Knight. (laughs) He also, because of his experiencing work, his experience working on Filipino films, Worked as a liaison for the production of Apocalypse Now. That's where I was going. He's yeah. credited as an associate yeah. producer. Wow. There's a great documentary called Machete Maidens Unleashed that I absolutely fucking love, which is about the 
Filipino exploitation movie boom that I would recommend anybody watching. Um. So, Joe, what would be like? What's your highlight? What's yeah, what's the what scene you love about. the best? Oh, any scene where he's fighting people is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Towards the end, is I. It was funny throughout, but I remember laughing hysterically when he's just in the field and he just sees three guards or three soldiers and he just goes and fights them yeah. just swinging his fists. Yeah, it just that was wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you have you have those, you have his uh, uh, transformation in like stalking scenes, which, you know, not that they're like, you know, like great or anything, but, uh, you know, there's like kind of like fun stuff that goes on, you know, like he kills people like periodically throughout, like there's some bloodshed. Um, I kind of find it funny, like his, his, his relationship with, with his, his girlfriend, whose name escapes me, that was played by Mary Wilcox. I find, uh, to be kind of funny in a way because it's like whenever he's, you know, like about to get busy, he turns, it, into, it, 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 he turns into the the monster. So, like the I, I don't know. I find that sort of amusing. Um, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, I don't know. Like I don't even think that like a lot of the dialogue is even all that bad. Like for what it is. Like it. It. it I've seen much worse written I, uh, stuff. It, it's it's one of those movies where I think like when you're watching it, you know exactly what it is, and you kind of hope that it kind of subverts what you think it is, but it never does. It's just sort of oh, like that curse of the werewolf story again, uh, right? But he, here's the thing, I, and and I, I'm sure I'll get I'll get killed for for this, but I'll take this over a lot of like the Paul Nashi werewolf movies like i think this is more fun than a lot of i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you that because i like the filipino sleazy drive-in horror movie feel over all of the polynesian movies um all the polynesian movies put me the fucking bed incidentally mary wilcox we met uh at the hearthon the one year via uh love me deadly if you remember i didn't she oh, was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. was the necrophile lady in, in love me deadly that wasn't the horathon that was the x fest was it yeah whatever it Same was thing. right before pink flamingos when john waters popped up on stage was that the last one that yep, i saw that was the last one yeah were you you were there i don't even remember you being there yeah i was there i wasn't there for for pink flamingos but i i, I was there for dude everything every, else everybody left because Love Me Deadly is one of the most boring fucking movies ever fucking made, and and again, I didn't I didn't find it boring. You you have some kind of tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. I, you know, honestly, I, I've always respected that about you. Because there's because sometimes like I feel bad because like the movies will drag on for like forty minutes and then there will be like a great like eye popping shock scene, but like I'm just like so like. One third of my attention like, is on the movie, <laughs> and I'm looking at something else. And I'm like, I didn't appreciate that shock, but then again, they should have like held my attention a little better. But yeah, you somehow you trudge through the most fucking boring <laughs> just <laughs> slop. 
And like you, you get you. Get, I mean, it, you it pays off every now and then. But sometimes it's just like I don't. As long as I can, I can like get down with the characters. I'm okay. Like for the most part. Once again, I hate to bring this up. <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> but you can you can walk through this. You can walk through Love Me Deadly. But Messiah of Evil. <laughs> the movie that has- I don't even think this is a contest. Clearly, Messiah of Evil is inferior. Whoa! What of of what of Beast of Yellow Night? You're a fucking nutcase. You are fucking unhinged. Uh, uh, Messiah of Evil, uh, Andrew, you got to break this. Yeah, honestly, I would take Messiah. Of yeah, Beast. at least Messiah of Evil has that weird like okay. drive-in funeral. Haze That's fine. You guys can have it. I'll have Beast of the Yellow Knight, uh, and you can have Messiah of Evil. Messiah of Evil has some fucking weird shit going on. Beast of the Yellow Knight's just... Right, yeah, and honestly... Like, Mr. Grinch goes wild. There, there's nothing going on for Beast of the Yellow Knight for me. And, like, you, like I know there's, like, interesting fighting scenes and transformation scenes, but... I wouldn't even say that they're interesting. I wouldn't say they're interesting. They're there. They, yeah. Like, some existing... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, transformation scenes. But, yeah, none of them are good. So. Interesting. No, nothing's good, but, like, at least, like, it's giving you something as it goes. It, it's interesting that you use the word interesting as a synonym for garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got on this movie? Um, <laughs> yeah, you you go up, Joe. I didn't, I didn't get to. Yeah, we 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 hit my stuff. Already. Yeah, we got mine too. So, what was a better? What was the better movie? Let Sleeping Corpses Lie or Beast of the Yellow Knight? I have Beast of the Yellow Knight <laughs> double feature poster with yes. creature with the blue hand i do remember great, you you having that yeah it's 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 a great poster i have you ever seen creature with the blue hand it's, i have it's a cute it's a cute movie there's a great i don't not i haven't seen it since i was a kid but there's a line that will be caught in my head forever where somebody gets ripped apart and cannibalized or whatever but this guy with his voice is like next time Save me the liver. That's all I remember. Uh, this is back when I was 15. <clears throat> I guess we could just talk about the ending of this movie, uh, if, if you care at all. Um, I mean, if you want, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to. The, but... the action-packed ending. Is so. this, wait, is this movie's Vic Diaz's most... Um, he's another reason why I love this movie. He's terrific. But is this like his most respectable role? Well, yeah, Satan. Just, like, yeah, because the other movie, he just plays sleazy scumbags. Yeah, some like, girls like, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess you could yeah. say that. But yeah. Him playing Satan is his most like fuck it. He plays it like a Bond villain, which works a lot. Yeah, I guess. I guess I kind of know why. Uh, but so this guy's taking bullets the whole movie. He's, he can't die. He's cursed yeah. to live forever. Uh, but I guess because uh, blind guy asks him to give a little prayer at the end. Oh, and during yeah, that, yeah. someone does the uh, you know sign of the cross, and uh, and get he gets shot, and then the bullet goes through. It so works. Some blessings. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This movie is a Filipino movie, and I was wondering. Oh well, that's really there's a lot of Christian mythology it's in the movie Catholic. that that's that's Asian. I had no idea. I looked into it. I had no idea that the Philippines was the the most. Catholic, yes, yeah, Spain, and, uh, and then the yeah. U.S. Yeah. enforced that there. Okay, yeah, they're the like, fifth most like Christian or Catholic country in the world. Yeah, 
Well, I know it's a uh, uh, it's a very Hispanic thing to be super Catholic. Like, yeah, I, I had no idea. I, I mean, I guess my world history is all. I just assumed they were into dragon shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, if you think about it, like if you if you see like a, a I mean, not not all of them, but like a lot of. Uh, Filipino people have Spanish yeah. names. Yeah, Filipino is a big well, mixture of Asian and Hispanic. Well, well the thing is, uh, I'm trying to say this. Like, without, even Romero's last name. Yeah. You know, like he's I, I want to say this without getting in trouble. A lot of Filipino people look Hispanic to yeah. me. Yeah. No, that, that's not. No, yeah, right. because they They're have. Mixed, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have yeah. mixed blood. Yeah. So they have, like, some people have Spanish features. Even and some stuff. of the. Uh, I forget what the name of the, the Philippine language I mean, not is, every. But, uh, Tagalog. Tagalog. But it, there's some Spanish sounding words. Uh, there and like you said a lot of the last names are very spanish sounding the look uh but yeah that's it like i know friends of mine uh they would be saying the most foul shit you know spewing out like horrible things and we'd pass a church and they would do the, the wow. thing that's how they're still very catholic <coughs> uh anybody got any highlights on uh beast of the yellow knight here's mine the the one scene when they get the first victim and they do like, like I love like autopsy hospital scene mm-hmm. where it's a it's always like in like some like low grade hospital because that's all an exploitation movie can film in and it's just like some like smoking doctor talking about how this guy got like ripped apart like every from like Jaws to you know I I don't know and it's just like shed some light on the film I don't know I love those scenes I thought you were gonna say the credits oh no but. <laughs> Actually, a, a highlight scene uh, for me, which isn't even one of like the things relating to the horror, that is, is when um, uh, Devil Man shows up, and I forget like which time this is, but like when he's uh, he's talking to him when he's in the cell, and he's telling him like, uh, you know, I I I've made this too easy for you. Like, cause I've been, you know, mm-hmm. like, like controlling it. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything anymore. Next time it happens, it's going to be because you brought it on. Okay. And, okay. and I, I think that, 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 that scene is like one of like the few in the movie that actually has some like, you know, kind of like resonance to it. Like, uh, you know, as, as a story. When I looked up things about this movie, Eddie Romero, the director even said that they tried to bring some more cerebral elements into here. But when the movie came out, they just discovered that his audience just wanted more gore. You know, they didn't give a shit the reasons why or anything like that. Just like what people would be torn apart. No, there you go. (laughs) Andrew, you got a highlight. Yeah, I said it was uh, just the alley scene, the fight in the alley. Yeah. But I can't really think. I mean, there's no highlight. <laughs> Anybody got anything to say? Um, I love Beasts of the Yellow Knight, and I'll defend it That's anytime. Fine. Messiah of Evil is a much better movie than Beasts of the Yellow Knight. <laughs> It's not true, but okay. It is absolutely <laughs> true. All right. Well, then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the three of us signing off. I hope you have a blessed day. <laughs> Do you ever say that? I say that to random people. I'm like, you know, somebody's like walking out of work and they're like, oh, have a good day. I'm like, yes, have a blessed day. They, you, they don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I'm Jonathan. Holy shit, we did not do this in the beginning. No one did cares we, who we did are. We do, did we do? No, we did not. Well, I'm Jonathan. I'm Jeff. And I'm Andrew. And that's it for us. And breakfast is served at the Manchester Museum.